Radio. Bernard Gaynor, His Story. An interview at the Life and Family National Conference 2016. So I'm joined today at uh, the Life and Family National Conference uh, with Bernard Gaynor. Thank you for joining me. Not a problem. So Bernard, um, you're quite well known, I think, uh, amongst, uh, amongst Catholics and amongst uh, people who wanted to uh, preserve values within Australian society as being someone who's come up against uh, 20-something uh, discrimination uh, cases against you, which all have been thrown out, thankfully. Um, but of course, that's, that's not your entire life. Um, but I just wanted to firstly ask you about, uh, about your story. Um, you, were, you have been involved in the military uh, and there was an incident uh, in there. Did you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I, I joined the Army Reserve in 1997 and then went to ADFRA in 99 and I served in the Army until 2011 and then I transferred back into the Reserves. Uh, and uh, basically, I lost my commission uh, in mid-2014 uh, because as a private citizen, I expressed concern about defence involvement in the Mardi Gras. Uh, and there are a couple of reasons I expressed that concern. One is defence has a policy that says defence members shall not attend any events of a political nature in uniform. The Mardi Gras constitution states it's political and of course it's a protest against extant Commonwealth law on marriage and family. And also because defence has a policy that prohibits religious and political vilification in the workplace and it defines the workplace as any location where defence members are on duty or in uniform. And of course at the Mardi Gras they are marching in uniform and at the Mardi Gras Defence admitted that Jesus Christ was vilified. Uh, there was unacceptable sexual behaviour, nudity, etc., uh, which is just completely unacceptable in any defence workplace. Uh, so I complained about that. Uh, I also expressed concerns uh, about Islam, which uh, didn't help either. Uh, defence has unfortunately become very politically correct. So essentially, uh, I had my appointment as an officer terminated. And I then challenged that decision in the federal court. And I won that case in December. Uh, And on the way, uh, the LGBT lobby also uh, had a go. And I received 28 anti-discrimination complaints. And I won that matter as well. Unfortunately, both the uh, defence case and the anti-discrimination cases are being challenged in appeals. Uh, So there's a fight still to go ahead. Hmm. How long has this been going for? Uh, it really started in January 2013 uh, when the Defence Force decided that my private views about who teaches my children uh, were unacceptable. Uh, hmm. And so they uh, basically declared war on my religious and political beliefs at the start of 2013. And then they went ahead and marched in the Mardi Gras, which is when I began to make my criticisms of political activity within the Defence Force. Is there a precedent of um, of the military acting in this way uh, about a person making a complaint which could, in any other circumstance, be considered whistleblowing or, yeah. or simply instating the rules uh, that, that are set down? Look, I am sure that there have been other cases in the past where there's been maybe unjust actions have been taken. But I can tell you this, Defence has never, ever been involved in political activity until 2013. Prior to that, no defence member was sacked because they criticised the Defence Force's political activity, simply because the Defence Force did not engage in political activity. Uh, So uh, the attack that I have uh, endured 
is a direct result of a defence force that has embarked on a political campaign. And one of the first things that any military does when it embarks on a political campaign is that it starts targeting those who don't support that political campaign. Do you think that it is, I guess, um, outside of the role or, or part of the role? I'm um, not leaning either way <laughs> in leading you on this, but um, on this question, should the military be involved in political actions of those nature? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Defence Force has a duty to protect Australia and it has a duty to serve the government of the day. And regardless of the political beliefs of the government or the opposition or other political parties, Defence has no role in a Western democratic society of engaging in domestic political activity. No role whatsoever. It is a breach of all the conventions of our democracy. It is a breach of the uh, legislation that enables our defence force because that legislation focuses on defence. There is no role for political activity in the defence force and all Australians should be very concerned that for the first time in our country's history, we have a politicised defence force. Why do you think that, um, I'm not expecting you to be able to read minds or anything like that, but why do you think there has been that change uh, in the culture uh, of the Defence Force, which has allowed it to do something which, quite obviously, as you've suggested, it shouldn't be engaging in? Yes, the answer is very simple. People like to call me Islamophobic or homophobic. I'm not. I understand those issues very well. There are people who are Islamophobic and there are people who are homophobic, and they are generally people in charge of large organisations who don't like criticism from the Islamic community or the LGBT community, and they're so afraid of criticism from those communities that they will break the law in order to keep the peace. That is why this has happened. Do you think that, that you would be, uh, you've considered yourself back prior to 2013 as the kind of person who could potentially be involved in something? Were you looking for, for a fight or, or anything? Do you think that, um, yeah, that this is quite a surprise for you? Uh, it was very surprising. When I first joined the Army, I never imagined uh, that I'd serve in an organisation where I could be uh, disciplined or essentially sacked for losing uh, for my political beliefs and I want to make this point by the way the Defence Force did try to charge me with military offences and it did launch an investigation into me and all those things cleared me every single investigation cleared me uh, which again highlights the political nature of the decision to terminate my mm. commission um, but no I never imagined that this would occur I'm very disappointed this has occurred because it is not my intention to be at war with the Defence Force I love the Army I've served in the Army uh, for a long period of time, for most of my working life. Uh, my family has got a long history with it. I think most Australians love the Army. They respect the Army and the Air Force and the Navy, uh, especially for the sacrifice that Australian men and women have made serving to protect our, our country and our freedom. Um, so I'm very surprised and I'm very disappointed, but I'm also very glad uh, that I was able to have the fight. Um, and it wasn't easy, and it's only because I've been very well supported um, that I was able to have that fight. Um, and it would have been very easy for me not to, because I would have been too scared to have the fight. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm brave, because if I was a full-time officer, I probably would not have said anything. I would have been too afraid of losing my job. But it was only because I transferred to the reserves, and because the Defence Force already had a go at my beliefs, when they were expressed in a forum that had nothing to do with the military and had nothing to do about defence policy, uh, that, I, I guess, set me on this path. Mm. Uh, but it is surprising that this has occurred, and it is very disappointing. 
you spoke about there that you wouldn't have been able to get it without through it without the support that you've had. Can you tell me what kind of support you've received over this time? Oh, absolutely. The legal case has cost many, many, many thousands of dollars, uh, and I have not been able to pay that. Uh, it is from ordinary Australians, thousands of ordinary Australians all over this country who have chipped in five bucks here or twenty dollars there, uh, and some larger amounts as well. But they have been the small army, or the big army, really. Uh, that has been supporting me at the very front of this fight. And that's why uh, I'm very happy to say that this win was not my win against the Chief of Defence Force. It was uh, a win for all Australians. And the other thing is, now that the Chief of Defence Force is going back to the court to try and appeal this decision, I'll make this point very clearly. This is no longer Chief of Defence Force versus Bernard Gaynor. It is Chief of Defence Force versus Conservative Australians because he is going back to the federal court to try and gain the legal right sack people who express conservative political opinions in their private capacity. That is what he wants, uh, and I think it is a terrible situation and an indictment on the Defence Force that our military is actually going to court in order to get the right to sack people because they express conservative political views. Mm, mm. One, one of the things that we've been talking about here at this conference is this sense of the chilling effect, uh, that there's a chilling effect that can occur that... If, if they managed to knock down some people, then other people would be too afraid yep. uh, to, be able to, sp- to be able to speak up. Yep. Um, what would you say to people who um, have been in situations like yours? Um, I've, I've heard about that discrimination cases have mostly been, uh, I guess, accepted by people that they've been brought against simply because they don't have enough money or they're too afraid to take it on. Uh, yep. But you have taken it on. So I guess... What would you say to people um, who do find themselves in your position or find themselves in a position where they haven't necessarily, they're not out, you know, for a fight or anything like that, but they just want to be able to express their their views? Yeah. Um, what would you say to them now, given your experience of this? I say have the courage to speak up. Uh, if you do find yourself in difficult circumstances, pray. It's very important. Uh, and uh, try and build a support base. Um now, I'll also say this because this chilling effect is very important because I know a number of people have contacted me and said, I support you, but I can't say anything because mm. I will lose my job, mm. uh, which again highlights the political nature of this fight. I say what we need to do is now build uh, an organisation or an institutional structure that can actually take the fight on on behalf of individuals because asking individuals to fight this culture of oppression and this totalitarian oppression by themselves um, is not the best way of dealing with this. We need to provide individual support. So we need to do more work now in order to reinforce the success we've had because it is still too much of an ask for many people because they've got to feed their families. So they will be prudent. Um, but we need to now empower them to speak because we've shown legally that we can do it and win. Mm, mm. Well, yes, of course. Uh, we hope that, that this chilling effect won't continue, uh, won't continue for much longer. And of course, you're you're the one who's who's stood against this. So, hoping that many others can can follow the people who just express reasonable views or are simply whistleblowing won't be afraid uh, to speak out for for views um, that are simply consistent with rules or are consistent with with the conservative views of the last hundred years or so. Um, so, thank you very much, Bernard, for for your work, and um, we'll continue to pray for your work. So, thank you. Thank you very much, Luke. I appreciate your time. Thank you. That was Bernard Gaynor with his story. For more interviews, talks and shows, visit cradio.org.au.